Welcome to the Noon at Northside podcast with your host, Pastor Stephanie. Well, welcome back, everybody. It is official. We are into the year 2023. I am so excited because that also means here in 2023 that we are starting a season two version of the Noon at Northside podcast. Yay! So we are going to switch things up a little bit this year. So I wanted to give you kind of a quick breakdown. Um, If you had seen, uh, we had posted um, the topic list for this year. Um, So if you haven't seen it, check that out. And we're doing, like I said, we're doing things a little differently. You know, last year, we really wanted to dedicate each month to a new topic um, featuring, you know, my opinion and a guest speaker's opinion um, so that you get two different perspectives on how we're able to bridge the gaps within the church today. And we're that's still our mission here and our goal for the new Net Northside podcast. But this year we wanted to focus um, not just on our opinions on things, but um, to focus on some of the other church thinkers throughout history. And we're going to take a little bit more time to kind of slow down and let those, you know, develop with us and um, so that we can focus on them. And also just because um, if you were, if you put yourself in my shoes, um, I was doing a podcast basically every other week and it was a lot. Um, Not that I don't love you guys. I do. (laughs) But um, we wanted to kind of just slow things down a little bit, focus a little bit more on each topic that we're talking about. So this year, we have six different topics that we're going to do. And each topic is focused on a different church thinker, key inspirational church thinker throughout history. We've got it broken down into three sections. Um, We've got two Christian thinkers from early church history. Um, a male and a female. We have two Christian thinkers from relatively new uh, and modern Protestant uh, Christian history, um, both male and a female. And we've got two relatively newer aged thinkers um, and modern thinkers um, both a male and a female. And we're going to spend, um, we're going to do one episode a month this year, uh, coming out on the second Friday of every month. And just like last year, the first month, we're going to um, feature my opinion or my un- interpretation of these Christian thinkers, sharing with you what I know and what I've read, uh, because we're going to focus on something inspirational that they have written or shared or taught um, and break that down and use it to understand, you know, how that translates to us today. Because we're bridging gaps in the church today, but these Christian thinkers have laid the foundation for how we think and live and interpret our faith today. And if we want to be able to bridge gaps and build bridges, we really should understand some of that groundwork that's been set through us by other Christian thinkers throughout history. And that's what this year is focused on. So we'll do one month with me, and then the second month 
will be either the same person and the same reading um, or writing that they've done or teaching that they've had, but featuring a guest speaker just like we did last year. So I hope that clarifies a little bit. Um, Like I said, you can always check out our topic list and remember that there will be one topic two months over the same topic, me and then a guest speaker. And we're going to be starting off right now with our very first topic. And this month, or these two months, we are going to be focusing on the early church thinker, the early Christian thinker, St. Augustine. St. Augustine of Hippo was a Catholic bishop who lived and worked and taught in the 4th century and into the early 5th century. We're talking the 300s into the early 400s. We're talking early church history here. Augustine was and is probably still one of the most significant Christian thinkers in all of church history. He is probably just behind St. Paul, who, as we know, wrote most of the New Testament. He was an inspirational thinker. He was an adaptive thinker. He was someone who took classical thought in his time and translated it to Christian thinking, Christian teaching, and he created in a way, a theological system that helped shape biblical exegetical exegetical practices, and he laid the foundation for most of Christian thought that since he lived and taught. We're talking the last, what, 1,500 years, give or take a few centuries, that we are still using his interpretations, his understanding of Christian thought in how we understand our faith today, making him someone we really ought to understand. Now, the real thing is you you probably listen to this and think, okay, that sounds awesome. How come I've probably never heard of Augustine? Or better yet, if you've heard of the name Augustine, how come I probably don't know much about him? Well, granted, let me let me set the record straight. Not everyone studies or understands or is even interested in church history. I am a huge history buff myself. But when I was forced to take church history classes at Olivet when I was getting my degree, I have to tell you they were some of the most boring classes I've ever taken. And I dreaded waking up in the morning to take those classes. Now, granted, these classes were also 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, who wants to study early church history at 8 o'clock in the morning? I don't know. But looking back on what I learned in church history is fascinating. Because even though I didn't appreciate it then, I really appreciate it now. Because we aren't where we are today without everything that's happened before us. You know, one of the things we talk about in 
almost any subject. We talked about it last season on the podcast when we talked about the importance of history, when we talked about the importance of our emotional health. You know, we talked about uh, these are two different topics, but they both stem from the idea that our past inspires and influences our present and our future. Whether we want to admit it or not, or whether we like it or not, we are an accumulation of the things that have come before us, the things we've done before, the choices we've made, good or bad, and the people that have come before us. You know, when we talk about, you know, our, you know, spiritual, physical, mental, behavioral developments, we are products of our parents, who are products of their parents, who are, and so on and so forth. Same thing goes within the church. Our Christian thought is a product of previous theologians and their Christian thinking. Because we are develop we have or we have developed christian thought based off of jesus's teachings peter's teachings paul's teachings the any of the apostles and disciples teachings who were a witness to jesus and his ministry who took that and shared his message who developed churches around the area around the nations, eventually around the world, they sat down throughout history and said, all right, this is what it is. This is what we believe. You know, you study church history and you understand that they had several um, meetings throughout history, early church history, where, you know, they gathered in one single place, um, bishops and influential thinkers, and developed or wrote down exactly what we believe so that it wasn't confusing to people who were hearing it in a thousand different ways. Because remember, this was a time before technology and access to information. Your only access to the Bible, your only access to your faith and your understanding of this was your church leader, your, you know, Christian thinker. And if they didn't understand it, who did? So they gathered together to make sure everyone was on the same page. This is what we believe. And if you're teaching something differently, then it's not right. And so they wrote the thing so that everyone who became a disciple of Jesus had access to real faith, to Christian doctrines, to a good theology, a good understanding of God and our faith. And Augustine was one of those most significant Christian thinkers because he laid the foundation for how we read and understand the Bible. Because I'm not 100% certain, but before him, it was very common for people to interpret the Bible in their own way. That's why we see that there were so many different heresies that came up, you know, between the first couple centuries after Jesus and even, you know, beyond that, because people just read the Bible how they wanted to read the Bible instead of reading the Bible for what it said. And when we talk about biblical 
exegesis or, you know, you see that word or you hear that word exegesis, what we're talking about is understanding the Bible for what the Bible says instead of understanding the Bible for what we want it to say. There's a more, you know, professional way to say that, but so that you understand it, that's the purpose. We read the Bible, we study the Bible, we interpret the Bible for what it says. You know, we don't input anything into it. We don't take out anything we don't like. We definitely don't separate it and use things individually without understanding the context of the entire Bible. Because one of the things we ought to know is that the Bible is one story from Genesis to Revelations. They're not different books. They're not different stories. It's one story of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his calling in our lives. One story. And when you read something in the Bible, you have to read it, understanding its context in the whole story. And that's something that Augustine laid the foundation for us even today. We read the Bible in the same way that he showed and taught us to back then. Now, one of the things about Augustine, if you do know his story or if you feel the need to, you know, read his story or study St. Augustine, um, we might not always agree with St. Augustine. Just like you probably don't always agree with what I say or what Pastor Tim says or anybody else. We all have our own opinions because we all bring our own understandings, our own experiences, our own logic to the equation. That's why we're all called to different things. We're all made differently. That's God's intent. So if you unread, study Augustine's you know, story, his life, his perspective, you might not always agree with him. And that's okay. Because whether we fully agree with his thinkings or his actions, we can't deny his lasting impact that has we've had on how we exegete the Bible, how we understand the scripture and our faith even today. Well, one of the things we're going to be doing throughout this year is not just talking about a specific Christian thinker and their story, but we're actually going to be focusing on one of the things that they've written or taught in their ministry, in their lifetime. And one of the most, I don't know, what's the right word I'm looking for? One of the most influential and popular things that Augustine is known for is his book called Confessions. It's the Confessions of St. Augustine. And Confessions is, let's just say, it's not so much a book to read um, for study. It's not a book to highlight anything to help you learn more about a specific topic. Um, Confessions is more of a spiritual autobiography. It is Augustine's life from his perspective. It is how his spirituality was shaped and transformed from the beginning of his life to the end or relatively to the end. Um, It breaks down the different definitions of confessions, all of which you see when you read his book. Um, We talk about, you know, confessions 
one aspect of it is the admittance of sin, which he does in his book. He frequently talks about his sinful nature, his sinful actions, things we probably don't agree with. And he talks about how he's overcome those, how he's been, you know, asked for forgiveness, how he's let those shape his spirituality. He's also used confessions as his statement of belief. He shared throughout the book what he believes, why he believes, and why it's important that he believes it. And he also used confessions as a statement of praise. Frequently throughout the book, you can read his statement of praise to God. There are sections that are like poems that he's written that aren't just his life story, but they're, it's poetry. It's music. It's song. It's, it's a beautiful statement of praise featuring his beliefs in God. And it's honestly, it's very beautiful. And the book, it can be broken down in these sections. It can also be broken down by what he wrote and why he wrote it. Um, it features what is described as 13 books. Um, think of these like the books of the Bible. One biblical story written in different parts. Um, and this is one book, The Confessions of St. Augustine, um, written in what could be amounted to different chapters. Um, so books one through nine of this Confessions recount his life. Um, talks about his infancy, his infancy, his mother, the people he's met, the things he's gone through. Um, and it is a walkthrough of his spiritual journey and how each moment of his life has shaped his journey. Uh, book 10 is specifically a discussion and examination of the temptations he has faced or was facing at the time. And books 11 and 13 um, were an example of his understanding of an exegesis um, of using Genesis chapter 1, which is an example for us of the foundation he's laid in that category. One of the reasons I wanted to share, you know, the, this particular story, this particular writing with you about Augustine is because it is his life. It is his spiritual journey. I wanted to quickly read for you. This is just what's on the back of the, the version that I currently have in my hands. And this is what it says. The Confessions of St. Augustine is one of the most moving diaries ever recorded of a man's journey to the fountain of God's grace. Writing as a sinner, not a saint, Augustine shares his innermost thoughts and conversion experiences and wrestles with the spiritual questions that have stirred the hearts of the thoughtful since time began. Starting with his childhood, through his youth and early adulthood, you'll see Augustine as a human being, a fellow traveler on the road to salvation. Let me, let me pause there. Usually when we think of Christian thinkers throughout history, I'll be one to admit that I hold them to a higher standard because they are influential Christian thinkers. They've laid the foundation for my entire life, basically. To me, that holds them up very high. And what they have to say, I treat as important. I treat as inspirational. 
something for me to study and learn and use in my own teachings and preachings. But did you notice that with this particular book, one of his most popular and well-known writings, of all the things that he's written, this is the most known throughout history. And it is him writing his life, writing his struggles, writing his journey. It says he wrote as a sinner, not as a saint. He was a human being, a fellow, a fellow traveler on the road to salvation, just like you, just like me, only 1,500 years ago. When I asked the question, how do these Christian thinkers relate to us today, this, this is how. The book, The Confessions of St. Augustine, could easily have been written by you or me today. Because it is somebody's life story, life journey towards salvation. Could we not sit down and do the same? Whether we are a writer or not, could we not all take the time to sit down and write or journal out our diary of spiritual for formation, spiritual journey, to write everything that's happened in our life and how it has influenced us, how it has shaped us, how we bring those things into the conversation today. Could we not all write as human beings who have struggled, who are sinful, but are doing their best to change and be transformed into a Christ-like person? Augustine is one of those people who is big and bold and beyond anything we can think of. I mean, I specifically mentioned he is a church father one of the most significant Christian thinkers just below Paul, who wrote the Bible for us. I mean, not the whole Bible, but a good, a good portion of it. When you think of Paul, do you not lift him up to a pedestal? We read his teachings literally as gospel. And Augustine is just slightly below him. And yet, he's just a man. He's just a human being who has sinned, who has prayed, who has praised God, who's allowed his self to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. The rest of the back cover goes on to say, join him on his journey. Listen in as he worships God. If you are fighting the changes in your life, struggling to know God more, or staggering around roadblocks in your faith, Augustine's confessions will stretch your mind and enrich your soul. This is something that I recommend that you read, not because you need to study it or because it's something you have to do, but because you should want to read someone else's understanding of spirituality who might just be able to help you answer the questions that you're facing, or better yet, the questions those around you are facing. If we are to be people who build bridges and bridge gaps in the church today, understanding that there are these certain types of questions that are out there 
and possibly a way to answer them, might just be one of the most influential ways we can build those bridges. Making Augustine, who just a man, just a church father, is still laying the foundation for us. There's one more thing I want to read for you. This is a section of the book itself that just stood out to me that I thought, well, you know what? This is something I think you'd love to hear. This is from one of the the books titled The Way of Perfection. And it says this. By the way, this is a modern English version of the book. Um, So that might change how, if you get a copy of the book, how it reads. But this is what it says. I know how you correct the one who sins. You made my soul waste away like a spider. When I asked, is truth therefore nothing, because it is not diffused through space, finite or infinite? You answered loudly from afar, yes, truly, I am who I am. I heard as the heart hears, nor did you allow me room for doubt. I would rather doubt that I live than that there is no absolute truth. It can be clearly seen and understood in the things that are made. As I listened to your high voice, I beheld other things that are below you. I saw that some things exist because they are from you. Other things do not exist because they did not originate in you. But only one truly exists and remains unchangeably existing. It is then good for me to hold fast unto God, for if I remain not in him, I cannot live in myself. But since he remains steadfast, he is able to renew all things. You are the Lord my God, who stands in no need of my goodness in order for you to exist. In that one section, of this book, I read an admittance of sin, a statement of belief, and a statement of praise. In one section, I saw everything I needed to of Augustine's spiritual journey. That yes, he doubted, and yes, he sinned, but of one thing he knew for certain, it was that God existed, that God exists today, steadfast, and able to renew all things, who doesn't need us to live, but chooses to use us to grow his message. How incredible is that? I really do recommend that you sit down and read some of his confessions. Perhaps even sit down and study more about Augustine and how he influenced the world since. Well, we're going to continue to talk about him next month when our guest speaker brings their perspective on this book and of this Saint Augustine of Hippo. But until then, I just wanted to leave that passage with you and hope that it helps you understand a little bit more of your calling to be a person who can bridge gaps. 
Until next time, see you later.